It was admitted by all her friends, and also by her enemies, who were in truth the more numerous and active body of the two, that Lizzie Greystock had done very well with herself. We will tell the story of Lizzie Greystock from the beginning, but we will not dwell over it at great length, as we might do if we loved her. She was the only child of old Admiral Greystock, who in the latter years of his life was much perplexed by the possession of a daughter. The Admiral was a man who liked whist, wine, and wickedness in general, we may perhaps say, and whose ambition it was to live every day of his life up to the end of it. People say that he succeeded, and that the whist, wine, and wickedness were there at the side even of his dying bed. He had no particular fortune, and yet his daughter, when she was little more than a child, went about everywhere with jewels on her fingers, and red gems hanging round her neck, and yellow gems pendant from her ears, and white gems shining in her black hair. She was hardly nineteen when her father died, and she was taken home by that dreadful old termagant, her aunt, Lady Linlithgow. Lizzie would have sooner gone to any other friend or relative, had there been any other friend or relative to take her, possessed of a house in town. Her uncle, Dean Greystock, of Bobsborough, would have had her, and a more good-natured old soul than the dean's wife did not exist, and there were three pleasant, good-tempered girls in the deanery, who had made various little efforts at friendship with their cousin Lizzie, but Lizzie had higher ideas for herself than life in the deanery at Bobsborough. She hated Lady Linlithgow. During her father's lifetime, when she hoped to be able to settle herself before his death, she was not in the habit of concealing her hatred for Lady Linlithgow. Lady Linlithgow was not, indeed, amiable or easily managed. But when the Admiral died, Lizzie did not hesitate for a moment in going to the old vulturess, as she was in the habit of calling the Countess in her occasional correspondence with the girls at Bobsborough. The Admiral died greatly in debt, so much so that it was a marvel how tradesmen had trusted him. There was literally nothing left for anybody, and Messrs. Harter and Benjamin, of Old Bond Street, condescended to call at Lady Linlithgow's house in Brook Street, and to beg that the jewels supplied during the last twelve months might be returned. Lizzie protested that there were no jewels, nothing to signify, nothing worth restoring. Lady Linlithgow had seen the diamonds— and demanded an explanation. They had been parted with, by the Admiral's orders, so said Lizzie, for the payment of other debts. Of this Lady Linlithgow did not believe a word, but she could not get at the exact truth. At that moment the jewels were in very truth pawned for money which had been necessary for Lizzie's needs. Certain things must be paid for— one's own maid, for instance, and one must have some money in one's pocket for railway trains and little knick-knacks which cannot be had on credit.